Welcome to the Fantasy End Podcast, where we share our love for all things fantasy and discuss the broader speculative fiction industry. Welcome to the Fantasy End. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy N podcast. Uh, we still have no idea what we're doing, but today we are going to talk about favorite books and what makes a book a favorite. I am Cop, and joining me today. We have. I'm Jenya. Hi. I'm Travis. And I am Hubert Gregory. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, uh, I am reading Spin the Dawn by an author that has a name Elizabeth Lim, I think. Yes. Right now, I'm reading Spin the Dawn by Elizabeth Lim. It is really good, potentially a favorite of the year. What are y'all reading? I'm listening to North and South uh, by an author. Shit. (laughs) Why are we ever prepared (laughs) for this? It's not like it's a surprise. Um, It's North and South by Elizabeth Gaskell who is, uh, it's, it's a 19th century book, um, which was made into a miniseries at some point with uh, Richard Armitage. Uh, but this is just a book, um, so it doesn't have him in it. Uh, and it's about this young woman and her family who who's from the south of England, but then they move to the north of England. And now they like encounter the different ways of the people of the north um and stuff like that and also i guess she falls in love with the uh, richard armitage character <laughs> and it's 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 really good actually um 19th century books are always a little odd um i think the way they describe things is very tell not show uh but it's it's actually really it's a good, good book i think yeah what about you trav I am currently about halfway through Will White's book uh, in his Elder Empire series. So I believe it's called Of Sea and Shadow. Uh, And it's the first book in the series, but not the only first book in the series. Uh, So I'm doing a buddy read right now, actually, with uh, Calvin from the Under a Pile of Books podcast. Uh, So we're both reading one of the parallel books, and then we're going to get together and go over kind of our thoughts and like reactions because the main character in my book is the villain in his book and kind of vice versa. Mm -hmm. So it should be interesting. Yeah, I'm reading The Imaginary Corpse by Tyler Hayes, which is it's probably one of the cutest books I've ever read. I'm listening to the audiobook right now. And it's basically there's a plush dinosaur detective who lives in a world of imaginary friends and has to solve a case and this is where it gets sinister because the imaginary friends are being basically murdered and so it's a murder mystery by a stuffed toy which is i mean probably the best idea for a book i've heard this year 
I love the way that you say murdered. <laughs> it's just, I really like it. I like the vowel in it. See, I'm scared if I say it the Scottish way, you're just going to like take the piss out of me for going kilt. They'll get killed. Kilt? Kilt. kilt. I like it. Like, like, like what you wear, or it's basically <laughs> the same word, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, what makes a book a favorite? Go. <laughs> what the? <laughs> uh, so I guess one question would be, do you go into a book hoping that it will be a favorite? Uh, yes, sometimes. It depends on whether everyone has been talking it up to me, I guess. Because then I think to myself, well, they all loved it, and I hope that I love it as much, and I hope that it becomes a faith for me as it did for so many other people. Yeah, that was uh, basically my experience with the 10,000 Doors of January, is I heard it raved about by basically everyone. And so when I picked it up, I was really hoping that I would love it too. And I did, so that worked out. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, sometimes expectations can really build up and affect how you enjoy a book. Yeah. Again, another episode that I have not read 10,000 Doors of January. <laughs> but, like, obviously, I don't pick up a book and think, you know what? I hope this book ends up on my least favorite list. But I do think there are definitely certain books that, like... Genia and Travis said that we, or I, see hyped up so much that when I read it, I at least want it to be, like, a really good book for me. But there are definitely certain books that I read the description of, and it's more than just, oh, I hope I like this book. It's this description is pretty much everything I want right now. And so I really hope this book doesn't just not disappoint me, but also ends up on my favorite list of the year or life, you know? I think there's like a kind of, almost like a parallel. You know when you pick up a book of like a certain subgenre and you know there's like certain tropes you can expect? I think there's sort of a parallel there between when you pick up a book and from the blub or from what you've heard, you know this book has certain tropes or certain things that you know you personally enjoy. So like that can, like for instance, if I was to pick up the Farseer trilogy with Robin Hobb, having never heard of it before, I know it's a book about a bastard. I know it's got like animal magic and the guy, main character can talk to animals. And for me coming into that, like I'll know that I will probably enjoy at least that aspect of the book because historically I have loved that kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's actually an interesting example of a book too because, you know, the first book is called Assassin's Apprentice and a lot of people come in thinking there's going to be a lot of like sneaking around and uh, high action chase scenes and murdering and all kinds of people getting killed. Um, <laughs> but that's not really what the book's about either so that can be another issue of expectations 
kind of going off on that, um, one thing I had also wanted to talk about was, uh, do you have different expectations for different subgenres or is, are all of your favorite books kind of, do they have the same criteria? I think for me, it's not that I have different expectations of different subgenres, but I think that overall a book is more likely to end up on a fave list if it has a little bit more meat behind it in the sense that like if I find myself thinking about this book again later on then I'm more likely to call it a favorite even if uh another book which I really enjoyed reading at the time it's it's a really fun book but if I don't end up thinking about it afterwards then it's it doesn't really stick in my head as a favorite does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Which I guess kind of that sounds really snobbish of me, but eh. <laughs> what about you, Trev? Probably yes. Uh, like some books, I I kind of have to go into knowing that it's going to be deeper and heavier and meatier, like you said, Jenya. Um, and other books, I'm just kind of like back along for the ride. Like it's just taking me along. And those are normally the books that like. It'll be three or four in the morning, and I'm like, shit, I need to go to bed, but this is so good. Um, and I, I don't know either because my expectations are like an intellectual sort of thing, but in reality, whether a book is a favorite or not for me is always an emotional thing. Uh, so I guess my expectations are just how do I think emotional Travis is going to respond to this book? Uh, but I never really know for sure. I've got this image in my head of like emotional Travis now, as though he's like a separate person. <laughs> you? Uh, I think I definitely do have different expectations of different subgenres. If only because, like, I know from my past reading that I maybe not enjoy one subgenre so much. There might be certain tropes that just kind of touch on a bit of my like pet hates or whatever. And there are some subgenres where I'm like, you know, like epic fantasy, for instance, where a lot of my favorite books are epic fantasy. And so I'm more willing to give it a shot because those new books might again become new favorites. Yeah. I think I would agree. Um, but I guess kind of over the years, the more I the more widely I read, the harder it is to kind of form a general um, criteria of favorites. Um, For example, I used to completely avoid urban fantasy, but now I would say one of my favorite series of all time is urban fantasy the tufa series by alex bledsoe is urban fantasy uh or for example the raven cycle by maggie steve otter is basically urban fantasy but i guess because the only how do i say that 
But the only other example of urban fantasy that I had was The Dresden Files by Jim Butcher. And it's not something that ever interested me. And so it's one of those things that until recently, meaning within the past year or two, I never thought that something like that could ever end up on a favorite list. Um, Are you breaking into a house right now? Am I what? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am. No, Um, I'm watching the cat jump on the ceiling. Um, But yeah, it's just... With favorites... Jenny, you're talking about a book that you think about a lot after you read it. Has there ever been a case where you read a book and at the time of finishing it, you think that was good, but it's not a favorite. But then maybe later on, months later even, you find yourself constantly thinking about it again and maybe even forgetting the things that you didn't like so much about it and only kind of remembering the really good stuff about it. No, I think I'm the opposite. Sometimes I finish a book and I think, yeah, that was good. And then afterwards, the longer it's been away from my memory, the more I'm like, actually, was it that good though? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a negative person overall. (laughs) Like, um, the one that I'm thinking about at the moment is uh, Circe by Madeline Miller. I mean, at the moment during the podcast, not not overall. And that's a book that I really wanted to like. It's a book that I, while I was reading it, I kind of enjoyed it. But the more I thought about it after, the angrier I got about it. Um, and so I guess that's kind of the way that I usually think about books, to be honest. Unfortunately, not not remembering the good parts. <laughs> why do you get angry about Cersei? Well, should I read out my rant? <laughs> no, it's just, uh, I think that this was a book that everybody was trying to um, talk about how feminist it is and how it really talks about uh, women's issues and stuff like that. And I just really didn't like the way that it talked about them. I thought it was like super individualistic. I thought that it was not great that every female character except for Cersei herself is kind of shit, kind of put into the category of self-obsessed, narcissistic, and kind of um, like shallow. I thought it was bad that Cersei didn't get to bond with any women almost any of the time. She mostly bonded with men that she slept with, which I mean is also a valid choice, but I don't think that Okay, whatever. This is going to go on for a long time, so let's stop. Um, if anybody listening to this podcast wants to hear my thoughts about Cersei, message me. I'll tell you the whole thing. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's switch to something else. <laughs> I think for me, it's the opposite, where I finish a book and I think that was nice, and then. Five months go by, and I think, well, that book that I read five months ago was amazing. I can't get it out of my head. It's like sometimes I'll go back and 
read a review or read my thoughts that I wrote at the time. And I'll think about the negative parts, like, yeah, but who cares? And so it's one of those things, for example, um, oh my God, the, the book A Memory Called Empire by that author who also has a name. Arkady Martin? Arkady Martin? Is that is it, I don't know. I, I can't pronounce American names. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, so the last... So one example I can think of is a book, A Memory Called Empire by Arkady Martin. When I first read it, I remember thinking the start was very slow. But as the months have gone by... I just can only focus on the positive aspects of the book. And now I think that slow buildup, that slow start would only, I would only find it helpful in the grand scheme of the book in terms of setting up the pace and easing you into this world. So I guess that would be an example of a book that when I first finished it, I thought it was it was good. It was a really good book. But now it's one of those, I think this is one of my favorites of the year. Q? So I have no idea what the question was at this point. <laughs> What's so, your thoughts on Cersei? <laughs> the question. No, um... Can a book retroactively become a favorite? It's like not. It's like right after you finish it, it's not a favorite. But then months go by, and it becomes a favorite. Or in Genia's case, months go by, and you start having negative thoughts towards the book instead. Oh, I started having them the day after. But yeah, continue. <laughs> or time goes. Time goes by. Yeah. <laughs> I think it can go both ways, to be honest. Like, in terms of like a day after, week after thing, there was the end of the First Law trilogy by Joe Abercrombie, which I'm not going to spoil, but I finished that book and I remember like literally throwing the paper back across the room because in my mind the ending was such bullshit. And then like a couple of days later thinking, you know what, that was fucking brilliant. And it kind of like gestated. And then there's the... Uh, What's Anna Smith Sparks series called? Is it Empires of Dust? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that is also another one. I liked it at the time and I really enjoyed it while reading, but like as time went by, I'd like the voice is so infectious. So I would just love it, like thinking about it and like it became so much better retroactively. But then you get books like Brandon Sanderson's Mistborn, which are so fun at the time. And then you kind of look back and like, I can never reread this if I want to still enjoy it. Do you guys ever go through your Goodreads um, list of books that you read for the year and just try to remember whether you really liked it, whether it's enough to be a favorite, whether like what your thoughts were just going down the list and thinking, oh my God, I read so much and I'm not sure 
how much of this really stayed with me. Yeah, I look back and I just see all these four-star books, and I'm like, I have no memory of that book. Yeah. Oh, God, sometimes I'll go back and I'll see four-star books or something, and I'll try to remember, was this really a four-star book, or was this like three-and-a-half or 3.75 stars that I rounded up on? Or even, you know, three-star books, because sometimes I'll feel like, you know what, I'm going to do half stars, I'm going to round down on instead. And so it's just this big mess of things. Yeah, I really wish there was a 3.5 star option on Goodreads. That's the what I'm really missing. Um, 2.5 and 4.5 is less important to me, but this 3.5 of a book, which is pretty good, but not really, really good. That's what they need to have. Yeah. Four favorites. Maybe this might be an odd question, but does a favorite book necessarily have to be five stars for you? Well, I think that's kind of an interesting question because what does five stars mean for you is also part of it. Because I don't know, for me, like to give some examples, like the Cradle series by Will White is easily five stars for me. And that's more because... I'm just totally sucked in and can't stop reading it. And that's a very different feeling that I get when, say, I read, like, Sinless Sins by Josiah Bancroft or literally anything by Claire North. So something that makes you kind of, like, go through it a little more slowly. There's more to digest. But both are five stars for me. I guess I kind of rate books based on my... the ability to go back later and uh, go through the list and go, oh yeah, I really like that book. So if it's a five-star book, then yeah, it's probably a fave for me. Um, it's not necessarily better written or anything else than a four-star book, but it's more likely that it's just a book that I really, really enjoyed. Thank you. <laughs> Does a favorite have to be five stars? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh... I think it kind of comes down to how you rate a book. Like, I know some people do it, like, very objectively, whereas, like, it's like, I really love this book, but I know it has a few problems other people might not enjoy, so I'm going to knock it down a few stars. Whereas others do it very subjectively, where, you know what, fuck it, I know there's things other people might not like, but I really enjoy it, so it's fucking five stars. So... I don't know, it kind of depends how you do it. I think I'm somewhere between the two, so I do have quite a few favourite books that are four stars, but pretty much all of my five stars are favourite books. Yeah. Well, what about even a little more specifically? Are there is there any characteristic or trope or something in a book that is more likely to make you consider it a favourite? 100% found family. Mm. <laughs> Myth retellings for me. <laughs> I'm way more likely to like a book. I'm way more likely to hate it like Cersei. <laughs> <laughs> for me, good prose and also a really good book title. But I recently read uh, The Kingdom of Copper by Shannon <laughs> Chakavoidi. <laughs> 
the first book I read by her, and it was a really good. Like I couldn't put it down, and so. Um, was, Wait, you started with the Kingdom of Copper. That's book anyway, two. Anyway, so it was a really good What? book, and I. Yeah, it was a really good book. That I just really love the prose on, so, yeah. <laughs> What about you, Trav? See, I don't know. I have so many things that either could increase my enjoyment of a book or could just tank it to hell. So prose is a big one for me. Typically, if anyone recommends a book to me based on the quality of the prose, I get really nervous because I don't have a good track record with that. But sometimes I love them, so it's hard for me to really know beforehand. I will say I am absolute trash for time loops. Anything like that is just like totally 100% my thing. Uh, so one of my favorite books of all time is The First 15 Lives of Harry August by Claire North for a variety of reasons. But the fact that it has the time loop aspect in it as well really gets me. Like I even like the movie Groundhog Day, despite it kind of objectively not being a great movie. Uh, the time loop really does it for me. You know, there's a musical of that. Is there really? Yeah, um, I've only heard like one song from it, but it it sounded good. I don't know. Wait, musical Groundhog Day or musical Time Loop? Something? Yeah, musical. No, I think it's the musical of Groundhog Day. Interesting. Wait, musical. Yes, it came out in 2017. Huh. Well, I'm trash for musicals too, so. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie About Time? I have not. You absolutely have to watch About Time. It is time loop. It is fucking adorable. It is just a fantastic movie. All right. Well, I will definitely watch that soon. What about if you really hate a trope and then it appears in a book that you really like? Does that make it more likely to become a favorite because it's like it's working twice as hard? I think for me, it just detracts from it a bit like it's no secret that like the good guy and noble character for me is just will drive me to fucking rage but so like you get all these epic fantasy series where like you know there's like maybe a character of lesser means who's like the hero and stuff and it's like oh that's great and then They are helped by the good guy nobles who never mind that they're oppressing everyone. They're good now, and no matter what the fucking book is, I will hate it a little for that. Man, you can't take me and Hugh everywhere. Anywhere, Hugh is like, oh, the fucking nobles—they're oppressing everyone. I'm like, oh, this fucking book—it said it was feminist, but it's like this not good idea of feminism. <laughs> We are the worst. <laughs> oh well. How do you go about deciding favorite books? Do you sit down and go through your books, like your Goodreads, and go, this is a favorite, this is a favorite, this is a favorite? Or do you try to, whatever comes to mind, like, oh, I, I remember reading this book in March of this year, and it was a really good book. And so that's a favorite. How how do you how do you go about choosing your favorites? I literally sit down with Goodreads and just scroll through Goodreads um, because we do a top five um, books of the year list at the end of the year, and that 
I mean, it's kind of good because it makes me reevaluate what I've read. Um, but I literally just go down Goodreads and think, did I love it or did I just like it? Stuff like that. Yeah. I do exactly the same thing. Me too. The cards on the table, I fucking hate having to decide five arbitrary favorite books of the year. I know that we do it and I know it's a big list thing and everyone does it. But for me, like favorite book is more of like a natural thing. Yeah. Like you know when a book's yeah. your favorite. Like you think back, like if any of us think back to the books we've read this year, we can pick out the books we know of our favorites. And I don't like having just pick an arbitrary number and like pigeonhole them as though it's like a static thing. Because if I pick five books that I love today, the five books I pick next week will not be the same books. Yeah. For me, I go through my Goodreads less to decide what my favorite is and more to just see what books I read this year. Because my, my fear would be I make the top five, like my top five, without looking at my Goodreads and, you know, two of the books are from 2018, you know? I mean, overall favorites and favorites of the year are quite different i guess yeah so that was gonna be my next question is is it different for overall favorites do you know when you read a book that this is going to not just be a favorite of the year but this book is going to be one of my overall favorite books how does how does that happen for you I think for me, it's definitely um, not an immediate thing. It's usually that I realize that it is an overall favorite because, again, I've been talking about it for a very long time now. So I I don't know whether something will stay with me until some time has passed. Um, at the beginning, I can just say, oh, I really like the book, but not this is going to stay with me for 20 years or whatever. Like Cersei. That will definitely stay with me for 20 years. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be a time thing for me as well. Because so many books, well, there's a window after I finish reading a book where I either love it more than it deserves or hate it more than I should. So I definitely have to at least ride past that. But yeah, I mean, my favorite books of all time are typically ones I've read like at least a year ago, just so I've had enough time to kind of notice that it stays fresh in my memory. I notice that I keep going back to thinking about it and comparing it to other books. Um, Although in general, my memory with books is a little strange because like I can sing you a song from a book I read when I was 10 years old without having ever reread it. And I wouldn't necessarily say that's my favorite book of all time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, I was just thinking it's a little unfair to some extent that books which I read when I was younger, they had such a big impact on me growing up. And I wouldn't say that they're necessarily the bestest books ever, but just because they had such an impact on me growing up, they will stay as my favorite more than, I don't know, a really well-written book that I read this year, which is also good. And also maybe I had thought about a lot, but it, it I mean, it can't have the same impact as a book that I read when I was 12. No, I think you're kind of right. Like, you know a book's a favourite when it sticks with you, yeah. Like, 
but it doesn't necessarily have to be like an objectively good book like you could like you say read something when you were a kid and it sticks with you that's always going to be your favorite book unless you know you reread it and it turns out to be like completely terrible and ruins it for you so just you don't ever do that to yourself but i think it is kind of a time thing do you ever reread the books that you deem as your favorite i used to reread all the time just because you know, we didn't have much money to like, buy many books, so I had the Harry Potter series and the Lord of the Rings series, and I read those cover to cover like 20 times each. I reread my favorite parts of my favorite books a lot. Um, I don't often read the whole thing, but with something like The Goblin Emperor um, by um, Catherine Addison, I... I go back to all the part, parts which made me like really warm inside and that made me really love this book and that's what I'll reread. <laughs> yeah, I've reread like five books ever. Um, two of those were actually this year. I reread uh, Touch and The First 15 Lives of Harry August by Claire North, um, mostly because I wanted to kind of give them a better review than I had in the past um, and have them fresh in my mind. Man, I I read a book that was like Watership Down but more Lord of the Rings style and with deer uh, when I was like 11. And I read that thing like five times in a year. Um, so I don't know. I'm weird with rereading. Maybe that's only three books that I've reread then. I feel like honestly, anytime I reread books from when I was a kid I kind of enjoyed it just in the sense that it's nice to go back to something that I used to really really love even if I can see the flaws in it now um I really enjoyed reading Tamora Pierce's um Protector of the Small Quartet I do that every couple of years now and it's like you can like I can see how much this book shaped me growing up and it's just interesting to look back at like what I was and what this book made me and so on. And it's just also, I don't know, it's nice to go back to something where I used to remember whole passages of it because I'd reread it so much as a kid. Um, same with Terry Pratchett. My my favorite book of his is Small Gods, and he's my favorite author overall. And there was a point when I used to reread Small Gods, especially so much that I knew so, like I really knew bits of it by heart. And then I didn't reread it for a really long time, um, especially after um, Sir Terry passed away. I didn't reread uh, any Discworld for a couple of years. And then um, going back to it was just like visiting an old friend, like catching up with a childhood buddy and being like, I remember why I loved this so much. So I don't know. I think it's good to go back to old favorites. I have actually had like an experience where, uh, I don't know if any of you guys have done this, where you've not necessarily liked a book the first time around, but then you've went back later, maybe in a different mindset or different circumstances, and reread the book, and it turns out to be much better than you remember. Well, I guess my question is, what makes you go back and reread it if you didn't like it the first time? Mm-hmm. Wait, this has happened to me. So the book Lincoln and the Bardo by George Saunders... I read it, and I remember thinking, I'm going to give this book two, two and a half stars because I don't think it's a bad book, but I also, it's not for me. But then I had this inkling of something about this book that 
maybe I just didn't get the first time. And I reread it the same day that I finished it. Or I started to reread it the same day that I finished it, like almost immediately after. And the second time around, it was like a four, four and a half star book for me. So I guess the reason I reread it was because I thought there has to be something that I'm missing here. Yeah, I was the same. It, the book I reread was The Traitor Baru Cormorant by Seth Dickinson. I think at the time I just was not in the right mindset to read it. I'd read it coming off like a bunch of like really kind of dark books. And so I was expecting, you know, all this backstab and all this stuff. And then the book just didn't land for me. It was like a two stars at best. But I kept hearing about how great it was and how, you know, intricate it was and well plotted and how all these different pieces came together. And so many people loved it. So when the sequel came out last year, we did a bit of a reread for one of the book clubs on Reddit. And I reread the book and I kind of like took notes going through. And I don't know if it's just that that book is so well suited to a reread with all the foreshadowing in it, but it was such a different experience the second time around. It was like five stars, if not six stars, just an outstanding book, if a bit, you know, depressing, but such a different experience. Yeah, that's that's a good point because that's the book that would jump to mind for me as well for willing to go back and reread it even if I didn't enjoy it the first time around. Uh, for me, it wasn't a state of mind or like past books I'd read so much as I listened to the audio version uh, and I think that really didn't help. Uh, so I definitely, I bought the ebook and I'm planning on going back to reread it at some point. I can't really think of one to be honest. If I don't like the book, then... Most of the time I'm like, eh, I'll read something else. I'll read something that I like more. Um, I do go back to the same author sometimes and try something else from them. Speaking of Cersei, I went to try um, <laughs> The Son of Achilles, but I like that book even less. So, <laughs> yeah. I can't think of a good closing question. What makes a book a favorite for you? What makes a book a favorite for you? <laughs> Tell us on Twitter, or you can leave a comment on the podcast, wherever we post it. And yeah, tell us, how do you decide your favorite books? And how do you decide your favorite books of the year versus of all time. Bye. <laughs>